Hey everybody, it's Maylee Thomas. It's time for Texas Homegrown Music and my guest today, James Cook. I really, really like this guy. I mean, he's got such a great heart, but more importantly, he's got a great message in all of his music and I just really dig his style. He's out of Wichita Falls, Texas, and I love this new EP that he's got out. We're going to play a couple of songs off of it and I don't want to take much time because I want to get to the interview. I really know that he's going to talk about some cool things about his life, and I think probably it'll open up your eyes to know just exactly what it's like to have to embark on a music career, especially when you grow up in a lifestyle that doesn't actually pinpoint you towards that direction. So James did it all, and I love this guy, so I don't want to take any more time. I'm going to sing a song that I did with my good friend Andy Timmons called Don't Bring Me Down, and when we come back, we'll be with James Cook.
Hey, everybody, we're back with my guest, James Cook. James, welcome to the show. Hey, it's great to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course. Um, so, you know, James, I, I just had your friend John Young on, and I was telling him I was getting ready to have you on, and he talked about the shows that you guys do together. Your, your, your personalities are very similar. You're both fun-loving guys that don't take life too seriously. But, man, you're both so extremely talented. I can imagine that those double shows that y'all do must be a lot of fun. They are a blast. Me and uh, John and I met right when our kind of career started going. We all we both did songwriting competitions, and we met there. I had such a respect for his writing, his uh, singing, just tremendous. And uh, then we would sit around and talk, and we realized we had so much in common uh, between our wives being just great human beings and the changes that we had made in ourselves because of our wives. Um, the, the, what we, how we looked at music was, was very similar. How we looked at life was very similar and we've always gotten along. So we, we talked for years about doing some shows together. And then finally we said, let's just do it. And we started booking these shows together and they're just tremendous nights of music because our band has so much respect for their band we love them to death. They think we think they're just incredible musicians and people, and that's very important as well. When you're touring, uh, you really want to. I don't know. At least I do. I want to be close to people that uh, are good people and and that I can get along with. And they definitely are that. I I, I love those guys. And the night is just tremendous. Uh, well, we, I want to have you guys in our neck of the woods. I know you've done some stuff in Austin and Fort Worth. And uh, I'm, I want you guys over here in uh, McKinney and in this North Texas area because uh, th- you guys have the kind of vibe that I love. I mean, you both definitely have um, an Americana country thing to you, but I can tell both of you sunk, you know, you, you actually sunk your teeth in some rock and roll on the on the you know the beginnings of your careers for sure i can i can just tell it by the vibe of the music but i want to talk today i want to start out talking today about this fourth project that you have out and i i've I've got to be honest with you i had no idea you had so much great music out there and great music videos i mean you're just uh you're just an all-around talented dude. And this one that you've got is a three-song EP called Don't Say I Didn't Warn You. And um, just just by that right there gives everybody an idea of what kind of cat you really are. I mean, it, it's it's just a lot of fun getting to meet you on this level and talk to you in depth about what this project meant to you and what it's about and working with um, Jonathan Tyler who I have a great respect for. And for those that are listening out there, I know you've heard of Jonathan Tyler and the Northern Lights. He's been around in the DFW area for years, and, and he's doing some producing as well. But um, tell me about what that was like working with him and just this project as a whole. We did a show with Jonathan and Amarillo, and when we were done with the set, he said, I'd love to record some of that. He goes, is, is any of it, do you have anything that isn't recorded? And I had just released an album when he said that, but I, out loud, I said, yeah, I got it. Oh, don't worry about it. I got this. But I didn't have any music at all. So I went, <laughs> I went home and thought, what what would Jonathan Tyler like? But it really did make me, like when he said it, I love Jonathan Tyler for anything he's ever written. He's guy's very 
uh, diverse in his writing styles. But one of the things I always dug about him was his early work in blues and rock. So I just kind of guided my music that way to see what I could accomplish uh, in that sense. And it was great because by the time I got to the studio, I think he thought I was going to write a country album also, or just strictly country, because he heard the songs and went like, wow, this is nothing like I thought we were going to do. Um, but then he changed his outlook on what he was going to do for the production. He kept giving me this like, oh, no, just jam it. Just rock that part. Anytime I wanted to bring it down or bring it back, he would advise, nah, nah, you got to let it let it loose. Uh, let's have some fun with it. So the studio process was incredible. Uh, hanging out with Jonathan was greatness. Being able to discuss music and I mean, that was the, the best part about the production was not just sitting down recording music. And it was a lot less stress as well, which happens to me when I go to the studio. I get very stressed out, not in this situation. Um, and I was able to relax and talk music and really get into a zone of how to take these songs to a, to to create something the best way possible. So it was a great experience. And let's just face it, Jonathan Tyler's is so cool. Yeah, just, he is. He's he got just a cool vibe cool. about him. Yeah, he does. He uses All coolness for sure. Um, and uh, like I said, I've been a fan for a long time. I saw him just not not too long ago at the Rustic, right after the pandemic stopped. And uh, I shouldn't say stopped, but you know, as people started getting out more. Yeah. But um, but let me let me just say this: you always. You know your your projects kind of have a theme to them. It seems like you and and it's it's something that is. I, I wish I could be more like that, and I probably need to do it that way because I really like that, and I, I love the fact that it kind of is congruent, and you have something that you want to say, and this particular um, project definitely does that. Tell me, what was the impetus behind it all? Because you're talking about Texas for sure. Um, I I. I love um, the way it kind of moves you through feelings, these three songs. And I listened to them um, congruent, you know, the first track, second track, third track. And it seems like you have some place that you're taking us through in, um, in this project. Yeah. So each album, I look at it that way, just like you said. I I still love albums. I still I still love a flow. Even though with this one, I kind of knew. Well, I only have so much time with Jonathan to create something, so I can't do a full album. Uh, I have these three songs, and so musically, I had bought some new equipment, so I was able. And I don't know about you, but if I play a new guitar or just any kind of new instrument, I have I let the instrument show me a new song. Okay. That sounds crazy. I take away yeah. from all the, the old chords I know, the old patterns that I do, and I just try to see what this thing, how good it can sound on this thing. And um, so those three songs are actually from some new equipment. I got a new E335. Uh, I got a new uh, Gibson Acoustic. And all of that sound, I just almost immediately came up with. So lyrically, I wanted to dive into my past, which I'm still not done with 2020, um, I think we all kind of went into a zone. I went into a lot of reflection and I was still kind of just spitting some of that out. Still some of the stuff that uh, happened to me when I was a kid, I grew up in a rough neighborhood called dog patch and there was some crazy things that happened. So the opening is more or less me reflecting on the way I am now is probably because of my past. The second song is definitely more of just some things that happened to my past and a reflection of, I also try to create these new characters in my head 
dealing with my problems. Um, so, so that way I can kind of step out of it a little bit. Okay. Um, and then, and also it helped me get a little bit more creative with the lyrics. Cause sometimes I think that I want to go so real and so deep into what I'm saying that I have to, I, I worry so much about the words in this case, if I was a character dealing with this, as opposed to myself, I could step back and really write and, and get creative. I don't think, well, James wouldn't say that. I'm like, well, this isn't James. This is someone else. So I can make up these, these style, the way that the conversation goes is a little bit different than normally I would say. Cause if somebody met me, they'd go like, you don't talk like that. It's like, yeah, that that's, I'm allowed to speak like that through these characters. Right. So, um, yeah, they're dark and, and murky. And then the last song, I, I always do this where I say, what's the monkey wrench in this, in all these songs that I can throw in there. And uh, that's when I decided to do West Texas Moon, which was um, a song. Which is a just beautiful song. We're going to be playing that as well. But we're going to start out playing um, Don't Say I Didn't Warn You. Um, tell me a little bit about the musicianship, because I noticed some names in there that are pretty. I, I know that Jonathan works with. Tell me who played on this record with you. Oh, all together. Uh, that oh, was such a good uh, lineup of people. Uh, Paul Val played lead in Pistola. Uh, on this next track, the lead guitar is actually Jonathan himself. Uh, he just got in front of a guitar and started jamming out. That was really cool. Joshua Greco on drums, who you may know from Uncle Lucius. Yep, I, and, I just had I just had Kevin Galloway on, and I don't know if you know this. Uncle Lucius is getting back together. They're going to start a tour in next April. You know, I actually heard that. Yeah, I didn't know the date. Yeah, but they actually let me in. He told he swore me not to tell anyone. Well, he's telling it. Kevin already told it. I had him at at the sanctuary, and he spit it out. So I'm telling everybody. Nice. Well, then I'm glad we can have this conversation (laughs) because I've been waiting to scream it from the rooftop. When he told me that, I got so giddy. Uh, And also, Andrew, I'm sorry, Drew Sugar, who played bass, tremendous bassist, and that was another great thing. I have a band that I tour with. But being able to play with other musicians means you get to step out and hear different sounds oh, I and think hear it's different great. outlooks it's not, of it. You know, I know sometimes our guys get a, take it a little bit personal, but I'm listen, I am so big on collaborations with other people. I think it's important, especially once you feel confident enough in your music um, and to be able to step out with other people. And they bring something different to the table. And I like that. I mean, I as long as it stays true to what you want to say, say i think it's really cool and um well i i definitely love this tune i love this project and um i want to i want to talk a little bit about um dog pats when we come back i want to i want to hear about that i want to know i'm always interested in knowing where we've come from and um and you know what it what it is that drives us to do what we do with our messages so if you guys just tuned in i'm with james cook and he has a new project out called don't say i didn't warn you we're going to do that track right now when we come back we're going to talk some more about this project and other music that he's got some dates that he has coming up and i promise you you need to come out and see this guy play he's the real deal so don't say i didn't warn you with james cook and we'll be right back here on texas homegrown music with maylee thomas Hello. 
my coffin, they often play for keeps. You can hear me hollering from six feet deep. That said, don't say I didn't hold you. It's solid gold and I don't mind it. How you twist, shout, and shine it. It's a mountain I can't climb and I'm falling fast. I've been buried in these layers. Truth lies in the tears Hard to kneel for my prayers With one foot in the grave You can hear the restless Crowds from down below Marching up the river Where the muddy waters roll Now there's rats in my coffin They often play for keeps You can hear me hollering From six feet deep There's rats in my coffin They often play for keeps you You can hear me hollering from six feet deep That said Don't say I didn't want you That said Child Don't say I didn't want you Cause I want you with James Cook and um, you guys I know you dig that track I know you there's no way you can't and I, so you went from that song don't say I didn't warn you to Pistola um, right and is that the second track yeah Pistola's um, the second on the album and um, and where were you going with that uh, you know what I thought back to some of the early craziness that happened to me and uh, from my childhood I think a lot of times it's harder for me to write country about upbringing because like country music is usually people that grew up with red dirt and I grew up in concrete it's a little different when you're growing up on a neighborhood uh, that was as trashy as mine and and uh, all the craziness and the chaos that happens and you know small things that I don't even think my parents 
know that I remember. But there was and one of the lines I'm just talking about this moment that happened to me when I was a kid where somebody snuck up on me and my parents in the middle of the night and my dad handled it. And I think it's because around that neighborhood there was. I don't recall there being that much gun action because there was kind of not an it was one that there was not a need for it. You wanted to protect your stuff, but it wasn't as prevalent as as the conversation is now. So. Like when that guy snuck up on us and scared us and we ran in the house, my dad went outside with like a, I think it was like a bat or something like that. He just wanted to handle it himself. So those moments kind of scared me. But then there was um, me remembering some other stories of people with guns. So, and I remember they were not in the right state of mind when they had them. So I kind of reflected on that and how I dealt with it. Uh, growing up and I think the word had been thrown around tons of times pistola and I didn't know how to take it because I didn't want to make any kind of stance with it I just wanted to talk about it in my life and it really was a center of some other darkness that was going on uh, again with all the crazy people that I grew up with in my old neighborhood and and how that darkness and sometimes that that scariness of the neighborhood itself because there would be dogs just running around uh, wild and they would come after you. I remember seeing my brother get bit when I was a little kid. Um, yeah, it was bad. And so I have a weird relationship with dogs also because of it. And it's funny because everybody's so comfortable with these things, but they don't recognize that other people just probably didn't have the same relationship with these things that like I do. Uh, mine is, is uh, those two it was things. The negative me influence. Out. Well, exactly. you know, I, I have a daughter that, um, and I don't talk about this very often, but I have a daughter that we adopted from Ethiopia and she moves here and she was nine years old when we got her. And I'm a huge animal person, you know, <clears throat> always had uh, all kinds of animals. I'm always rescuing dogs and, and cats. And <clears throat> I had no idea that this poor child had been traumatized as a child in a place in Ethiopia where dogs were running wild and they were attacking people. And so it was a whole different genre in Ethiopia, they they weren't yeah. like these lovable pets. They were, you know, feared. And so she gets here and all of a sudden all these people have all these dogs everywhere and she doesn't know how to deal with it. It was just a completely different cultural shock. Yeah. So I get that. And um, I, I thought it was interesting. You called your neighborhood Dog Patch. Was that a, was that a known name for the area that you grew up in? Yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, around here when you say like, oh, I grew up in Dog Patch. Oh, there's they they know what kind they of know person it. they're doing, and sometimes I mean it's and it was hard for me to kind of get out of that mindset. So no matter where I'd go, I'd still be in dog patch mode. And I kind of recognize that. Um, again, my reflection on the 2020, I recognize well. There's a reason why you go nuts whenever there's dogs anywhere near. There's a reason why, and I don't anymore. But I used to have a really kind of bad um, mentality toward guns. And and all of this kind of poured into this one conversation, which is you no longer have those bad relationships with those things, but to reflect back on them and realize why you had them in the first place, it's a good thing because it helps you grow and it helps you kind of go on to the next level. Music has always been therapeutic to me. So when somebody hears the songs, they'll think it means something, but it could, and I always said it couldn't possibly mean that you don't know how messed up I am for one thing, but, and also I hope you're not anywhere near as messed up as me for any of the reasons <laughs> that I'm messed up. I wouldn't wish this onto anyone, this brain. I don't wish it on anyone. You no, know, so. honey. I, I, I think it's funny that you say that because, um, I, 
the older I get, the more I realize everybody's a little messed up. And, you know, we mm-hmm. all have these little, we all have a bias that we're grown, that we grow up with, um, because of things that we've been exposed to. And the shedding of that is such a beautiful thing. And it sounds like you had a real epiphany in 2020. What was the, what was the impetus for that? Uh, well, I mean, you know, a lot of people, I don't know what a lot of people do. I know the, I got a lot of TV shows watched and all that, but I would listen to uh, different philosophers every day and it helped me reveal a lot of, about myself. Uh, now, I didn't agree with all the philosophers that I listened to, but it was good to kind of say, oh, that's a one way to look at life right? through a, a through a different lens that is their truth. So uh, it helped me grow in the in like looking at others and seeing how they act. That was always there for me because how I grew up, if I was ever picked on for being different or if somebody ever acted a certain way toward me that I didn't like, I had to tell myself well, maybe they're going through something. There you go. So, so that way I wouldn't feel so much pressure. So it was like a, de- a def- like a deflective thing. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, well, hopefully it's not me. Hopefully it's not me, the reason why they're acting, even though a lot of times it's probably me. But I would hope that it wasn't me and that they were going through something. So that way I wouldn't feel like it was all, I wouldn't take the burden of it. And uh, and it would help me understand people a little bit better. Um. So I've always had that in my head, but I've never really thought, well, why are you messed up? Like, and so when I write, that happens. But it was really good to figure out a lot more specifics around that time that had to deal with um, my past, how I was raised, uh, where I was raised. And um, yeah, so and I guess it's kind of regional if you look at the album that way. It's, it's um, not just different times of my life, but where I've spent that time. Well, and you know, I I really think it just speaks to me of the character that you are, that you open yourself up. I'm very interested that you said you listen to different philosophies. I think that we get into a place sometimes where we are so tunnel visioned that we've lived a certain way for so long and we forget that we are such a small, small part of this whole big picture of everything. And if we would just open ourselves up to learning other cultures and and letting other influences at least um, show themselves so that we can make our own decisions, not based on the way we were brought up or the things that we were uh, the only we were exposed to, but it, it just makes us a better, well-rounded person and somebody that has a lot more empathy and sympathy for others. And uh, I, I, I'm, I'm open to it always. Uh, I know some people fear it, and I don't fear it at all because I have enough faith in myself as um, to be able to to pick and choose what I want to believe and what I want to choose to live by. But the fact that we can expose ourselves to other things, I mean, I'm when you were talking about the guns and all of that, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely not one that, um, you know, I, I understand that a lot of people need things, need those, feel like they need it to protect themselves. I have a son that's in the army. And so I have, I, I, I kind of see both sides of all of that. For me personally, I'm not going to ever carry a gun. It's just not in my, in me to do that. But I, I do understand that there are times where people feel like they need to have that. Okay, yeah. it's a, that's a, it's a security to them for or, or whatever. But the fact is, I want us to be able to talk about it, and you know, even if we are on a different side of the, 
of the issue, why can't we just talk about it and share what the experiences are for us and open ourselves up to an enlightenment in some way? And it sounds like that's kind of what you did when you said you were listening to different philosophies and philosophers. It's kind of nice to be able to see hear how someone else looks at the world. I mean, we don't we don't want everybody to be exactly the same. Yeah, for one thing, and also uh, there's. I've done it for many years. 2020 was a big year, but I have always said if I'm as I should have the ability to deconstruct each and every one of my beliefs and thoughts and build them back together by listening to someone new. Like I should be able to say, like, take me. I can take it all away. Listen to an opposing view. And when I put me all back together, am I still the same? Because more maybe not. Maybe I'll be different or maybe it solidified my thoughts. The ability to listen to someone else shouldn't be shouldn't fear it. Um, the more knowledge I get on any subject, the more I understand other people. It was, there was a moment where I was very much not on the gun side and it took me sitting down with a lot and having great conversations, conversations that took a long time for me to, to actually accept and understand people's upbringing and why they think the way they are. And to me, um, it helped me understand so that whenever I hear opposing views, I don't just hear the the view or the stance or the facts. I hear the person behind it mm-hmm. and understanding why a person thinks a certain way mm-hmm. and having empathy for that person means you can allow yourself to understand why that person is that way, thinks that way. And it makes it makes life a lot easier. I think that's what I was looking for also. Because remember how much pressure we were all getting from having to stay home and all of a sudden hearing a bunch of people that were pretty upset for having to stay home, a bunch of people that were scared at the same time. I mean, you're getting the the entire planet at, at the worst time possible, a lot of fear, a lot of anger, and now we can all connect. Now, that's a scary time. If you look at the, at the world in that moment, that was probably one of the scariest times for us to all be able to talk to each other. Maybe that yes. wasn't the best time for us to all have a conversation at once because a lot of us didn't get to hear each other. And I knew what it was. I knew where I w- what I was looking at. I knew we're going to be home for a little bit. Um, I'm going to be able to finally get uh, in that three mile jog every day that I've been gunning for, got that, <laughs> knocked that out. Uh, and I'm going to be able to deconstruct who I am as a person and try to reconstruct himself. And is he going to be better than last time? Knowledge is g- gaining knowledge about something. Doesn't make me scared. It it doesn't make me, um, worried about what, what's about to happen. It makes me more confident in what's coming next. I need to know the information. I need to know more about this stuff. Well, I, I, I think probably for me, um, as much as it was heart disheartening to think that everybody in the world was dealing with this because it was a worldwide pandemic. We're not talking about something that was just here. Uh, and to watch it, you know, take over like it did, it was scary. At the same time, it brought me a little bit of peace to know this is not just happening here with us. This is happening all over. And can we, can we be open to understanding that everybody's going to look at it differently? And it's going to yeah. affect everybody differently and have empathy for how, how it affected all of us. But I know yeah. for me, um, you know, we laugh about it. My husband and I laugh about how, um, you know, we didn't know how um, much each other could aggravate or, you know, we, how much we could <laughs> aggravate each other until we were stuck in a room together for so long. Well, and you- we've 
you know, when we work together, we uh, most everything that we do, we do together. But he still has an office, and you know, we still were able to get away from each other. But to spend that kind of close company with each other, boy, we really had to work on some things, and yeah. it was. It was it was it was a challenge sometimes. Yeah, Look, we're still together. Here we are. You That's know, good. we made it through. It's like we made it through the pandemic. <laughs> you know? That's. I mean, I think like if you notice, there was memes at first that would say like, "Oh, there's gonna be a lot of babies." It's like there's gonna be a lot of divorces too. Let's yeah, remember that. People are upset, but yeah, it, it was it was a a time that I think kind of made you. I don't. I, you know what? I I accepted a lot of things from my wife that I didn't ever think. I'd ever accept on the other side of 2020, it just made us stronger. It just made us be able to be practicing random acts of patience. There uh, you but go. one of the philosophers that I actually uh, listened to that I, I utilized a lot because you got a world perspective and then you got a nation perspective, but Voltaire, that was one of my favorite things to read about, which was cultivating your garden, which mean which meant I'll put, put that phone away. What's going on in my community? What yeah. about my friends? Yeah. My fellow songwriters, they're not working right now. So I would call them. I'd like, like, I, I know they had to have laughed because I would video, video chat with like each one of them. And I'd be sitting there going like, hey, everything's still good. As soon as they'd open it up, I'd be like, you know, <laughs> thumbs up video in their face. And me and Stacy also did uh, every week we would read children's books on Sundays. Oh, we nice. read Shel Silverstein, uh, Dr. Seuss. We every every Sunday we would dress up, get in front of the piano. We would have this fun little book ready for kids, and we tell everybody, "Get your kids ready because Sunday at seven, um, we're going to read to them." And, and I'm telling you, when I see that come up on my on my memories, it's just one of my favorite things we ever did. Oh, me and my you wife. Know what? That just makes me love you more, James. I mean, <laughs> I I'm so about the kiddos and what yeah. we can do to enrich their lives. And what a beautiful soul you are. Well, speaking of beautiful, I'm going to play. Um, and I'm, I'm sorry, but this is my favorite track out of the three that you did. And it's called Thank West you. Texas Moon. And I, as soon as I've, I've listened to it three or four times already since you sent me um, these tracks last night. And um, I just I love this it's a beautiful song and it just shows the it just shows how really vast you your writing is and and how beautiful you can be and you're just a beautiful soul i can thank you so much so i'm gonna play it right now it's called west texas moon you guys this just dropped um you can get it on from his website and on um certainly on all of the streaming platforms um, and I, I highly recommend it. And this song, you're all going to want to put this on your playlist. Um, you know, I've got my Maley's Sexy Time Groovy Tunes. I'm going to be putting this one on there. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Anyway, it's uh, West Texas Moon by James Cook. And we come back, we're going to talk about when he's going to be playing somewhere near you and how you guys can find him and um, the social platforms that he's on. So James Cook Music, West Texas Moon, right here on Texas Home run music with Maylie Thomas will be right back. She's as fierce as the winds that blow from the south as soft as a bird's morning too and when the sun falls the red plateaus she glows like a West Texas moon We can make it to Marfa if we drive all night 
I'm sure we can get there on fumes. They keep a short Bible Evelina as we dance on the Transpecos dune. And I'm sure we can make it if we try. Yeah, I'm sure. The stars in your eyes that shine so bright Like a West Texas moon So you just told me, and I want you to share with everybody. So you've got four children. You guys made this a family time when you did this, uh, these readings with the kiddos. And um, oh my goodness, four kids. How old are they now? Uh, One is out of the house. She's actually uh, 20. And then we have a um, 15, 14, 13 year old boys. Oh goodness. Three boys at home still? Three boys, yeah, oh. and uh, they're oh. awesome. It, it would be much, I think, if it were like anything like me when I was growing up. But they're way cooler than I am, and they're <laughs> we have a way just a great relationship with them. Um, I've always been very, I don't know, direct, but at the same time, you know, understanding of who they are and what they go through. Uh, I tell them all the time, I can pre- I can pretend to know what you go through, but I don't I don't know what you go through. For one thing, I wouldn't know it even if it wasn't the time it is, but I don't have the stress that you guys have. I don't have social media. I don't have responding to all the insanity, the school shootings, all these things that that they they genuinely worry about. And I I even ask them, too. I'm like, am I afraid because of media? Am I? And no, I'm afraid of that because they teach us how to, you know, react if there's a school shooting. We spend way too much time on these tests 
uh, that even the teachers tell us this is a waste of time for every single person. Um, and so they're stressed. I mean, my son, he would throw up before these tests. So I don't remember any of that stuff. So I can only relate to them so far. But, you know, I listen to what they have to say about their frustrations. It sounds like, you know, griping, but it's not. It's genuine No, stuff I get it. I mean, I, I, I'll be through. honest. Um, I am so grateful that, uh, well, so my kids are all grown now. But, they, you know, they, they were in for somewhat of that, but... But right now, raising children right now in the way the the pressures are, and especially through the pandemic, I don't know how you guys fared through that. I mean, I can't even imagine. Um, I, I It was hard enough to get my kids to go to school when I was taking them. <clears throat> but to have them at home and try to get them to get the work done, no, there, there's no way. Well, I, um, I loved I loved that moment in my life. I knew it was never going to happen again. Yeah. But I was like, okay, so this is my opportunity. I'm home too. So let's just say I learned how to cook some delicious lunch meals. Oh, wow. And and this was the hardest part because I knew like toward the end of the school year, they loved it at first. But after a while, I, they were like, you got to you gotta go touring soon. You got to go get a life. This is, <laughs> this is a bit too we much. We need for you any- to get a life, Dad. We love you to death, Dad. We love you. But this is way too much for any of us. You are home way too much. You're doing way too much. So it's it was a great time, but um, well, very grateful that we're back to normal. Speaking of home, I know you're from Wichita Falls. Are you still in that area? Is that where yes. you're? Okay, so that is your home. Yeah. And I know that you're getting ready to play a show there on, I think, Friday night um, at one of my favorite places. And, you know, I've been there many times, Iron Horse Pub. I love that venue. Um, it's just, it's it's small, but it's large enough to pack up you know 100 plus people in there and just have a hoot nanny i mean it's it's really a nice a nice venue and uh i'm i don't know if the same cats are still there that were there when i was playing there but i i i love that venue and and you're going to be doing your songs right your new new songs yeah i'll be out there with my uh, band performing uh with with another good good friend of ours up here under the influence they're going to open the night for us and it's kind of an ep release party but it's the week after the you know the ep's release but we love playing uh iron horse pub we've been playing there ever since they opened their doors or i have yeah Uh, as a matter of fact i was one of the first acts when i was young young i played out there uh because I knew the owner, Danny, yeah, and, uh, and he was pretty young when he opened that place himself too. Uh, but but it's been a, a our stomping grounds. It's been our home home base for uh, for many many years. I love performing out there. I love that the town kind of gets behind the new music and that they, you know, they're they're very supportive of each other over here. You know, because to be honest with you, we're all we got. You know, what I'm saying a lot of in a lot of sense. So I I anytime there's like a community event, we're we're always there for each other. Um, and getting to play a show like that where you get to see some old friends, some new friends, people go in and out of that place. They're just there for the music. They love music and you can't ask for anything more whenever you're playing a venue to have people face you, look at you, prepared to watch you. And the last time we played that, we played it for a benefit not too long ago. And I don't know what overcame me. I, I even said before the show started, Hey guys, we got that big show tomorrow. That's like three hours long so i'm probably gonna take it easy tonight and after the first song something happened to me it and was i was like, like there's no yeah. taking it easy <laughs> nah there is it because the response and also you gotta remember there's those brick walls so it's like a ba- it's a balance act to really get a good sound in there 
But what is not a balance act is the screams that come at you, uh, at you, bouncing off those walls. It rumbles you. You're on that stage. There's subwoofers underneath you. I don't think you have a choice when you're on stage. You just you're gonna feel it. You're just gonna have a. You're gonna have well, to ride that wave. That's I all there is I, to I it. really like that room. I like the way I feel like I'm right there with the crowd. And when they stand up and they're really into it, I mean, I you can feel it. You feed off of it, and it's it's great. Danny's done a great job of keeping it. You, you almost feel like um, you're at your own cheers, right? Your own your own. Spot. Everybody People, knows your name. Everybody knows your name. Yeah, and it's, yeah. it's it's really cool. So if you guys can do it, it's not that far a drive from here, you guys. It's worth it for sure. But be careful going through those little towns. I don't think I've gone there yet that I, that somebody in our band hadn't got pulled over for a speeding ticket. <laughs> you got to, yeah, yeah. Watch it. And Texas in general, they'll get you. But uh, uh, yeah, right in between there, from here to where you're at in McKinney. Yeah, Watch there's yourself. a, there's a bunch yourself. of little pockets there. They love to get you. Well, um, you, your platforms are uh, jamescookmusic.com. Is that it's correct? Ja- it, no, it's James, James Cook, Cook makes, makes music. music. Yep, jamescookmakesmusic.com. Yes. And um, and you've uh, you've done some really cool collaborations with some with a lot of people, which I, I said I love. I know that um, we're going to do We Both Know Better. We're going to play We Both Know Better after this segment. And you guys, check out the music videos, too, because he's got some really cool music videos. I, I love, you know, I love Jeff Grossman, and I saw that you did a song with him called Straight to Hell. Um, yes. And that's a that's a fun you know song i mean it really is a driving tune i love that um also you're do you do shows with john young and i just want to say i'm waiting for you guys to do a collaboration together i want to hear you guys do a song together i think you guys would knock it out of the park so that's something else i would love to do just sit down and make an ep with him and just yep. write with just me and him yeah uh, right now he's in a great zone with his band where he's creating with the band mm-hmm. a lot of like with me i like to create and make it and then go record it and then the band learns it john it, it loves the process of of getting the feedback from the guys he's playing with which is awesome but yep. they'll, they'll come a weekend they'll come a week or something where we sit down and we just focus and I want a good EP with me and him. That's my yeah. I that is a personal goal that I would love. Good. I I'm glad to hear that. I, 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 I would love to see that and I'd love to hear it and love to have you guys on together. And I'd like I said, I'd love to have you guys come and do a show for us over here in North Texas. So James, I thank you so much for being on the show. And um it sounds like you've got a really great life and it's because you've created it and you've opened yourself up to enjoying it and love life. You know, that's my motto. You get out of it what you put into it, and it sounds like you've actually planted some really great seed in your lifetime and you're starting to feel it now and, and those kiddos, um what what a great what a great life. And your wife being so supportive and being behind you, that's always that it's a team effort when you're in this music business because it's tough. It's not. It's not easy on the family, but it sounds like you've you figured it all out and uh, got some great recipe for making life worth living. And uh, it's those little things, right? Those Definitely. Little wonderful things. So, Def- thank you for being on the show, and I can't wait to see you in person and um, give you a big big hug and tell Danny and all of them, hey, for me at Iron Horse on Friday night. And if you guys can make it out there, come and see him. You're listening to Texas Homegrown Music. This is a song he put out called We Both Know Better. It's a beautiful tune as well. And I'll be right back to talk about what we've got coming up on Texas Homegrown Music. We 
I'm playing bass on your hip In your mouth and no words to turn back Every move we make It feels like we've been here before So we're letting all go down for the night See you smile Oh We both know Start with A Don't worry what's next What's headed our way Maybe you'll leave Maybe you'll stay Tonight may be all that we have No We both know better We both know you could listen to that interview and not walk away really loving this guy. James is just such a genuine good soul and really, really interesting music. I really like it. And more than that, I just like him as a person. And I love that our Texas musicians are out there representing us in such a beautiful light. So thank you for that, James. And I loved having you on the show. 
I am going to have some interesting people coming up, some new new artists, and which I always love to do, and also some that you've been around a while, maybe you haven't heard of, or maybe they're just putting out a new record. And um, so be sure to listen every week on uh, Sundays and Wednesdays, of course, on our radio station, and then right here on our podcast, Texas Homegrown Music. I'm going to close the show today with Parker Toomey, and Parker is a young kid in his early 20s, but he started out when he was 10 years old playing in bands with his dad. Uh, went to Booker T. Washington, which is an art art um, school in here in Dallas area, and has done really well for himself, um, touring with a lot of different musicians. But he just released his first debut album, and I'm going to play Till the Morning Comes, and you just make your own judgment on this kid. I think he's really talented. Parker Toomey, to say goodbye with us on uh, Texas Homegrown Music here. Once again, thank you so much to my sponsors. The Guitar Sanctuary, Tupps Brewery, and of course, Burris Injury Law. And for those of you that are interested in my band playing, get on my schedule, Maylee Thomas Band. I've been doing a lot of shows here lately and getting into the holidays trying to do some things. So if you guys want to catch us, be sure and do that. December 15th, I always have a show for Christmas time. We're going to do it at our venue in McKinney, which is called The Sanctuary. And it's um, a Thursday night with my friend Andy Timmons. It's always a great time. I've got a lot of guest artists coming out that night. So if you guys are interested in, be sure and put it on your calendar and come out and see us. Peace out, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the show. We'll see you next week right here on Texas Homegrown Music with Maylee Thomas. Call me